No Country for Old Men, a two-hour cat-and-mouse thriller of a western starring Tommy Lee Jones, Javier Bardem, and Josh Brolin. Woody Harrelson, my third favorite stoner of all time, behind the one and only Carl Sagan, and of course my boy Abe Lincoln, also plays a small role. But this is beyond the point, so let's get back to the task at hand here. No Country for Old Men, Josh Brolin, a.k.a. the poor cowboy who spends the entire film trying to escape the black hole of death that he clearly alludes to the fact that he won't get away from uh, stars. Uh, Javier Bardem, a.k.a. Anton Sugar, a.k.a. Diabetes, kills everyone, even Kelly McDonald, a.k.a. the voice of Princess Merida from Brave Dies. Um, this four-time Academy Award-winning fig flick, including Best Picture, has a simple plot, no to little resolution in many of the key characters' storylines, an ambiguous ending, leaving most moviegoers confused in looking to piece together a film that simply does not say anything definitive. Maybe this is the point of the whole story, that although it seems to be discussing something particularly for profound, is actually a story told by an idiot, Tommy Lee Jones, a jumbled mess of happenings that cause you to look for a kind of depth which, on greater inspection, simply isn't there. This is Spoilers, the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. Fuck, no wait, wrong show. Welcome to Spoilers, where we are ruining one cinema, one movie at a time. Now we can roll the title. This is Spoilers. Welcome back to a very special edition of Spoilers. Last night's episode was so good. <laughs> <laughs> We decided, decided to, to tape it again, it. yeah. <laughs> Couldn't get enough. Uh, Carter's still our host this week. Uh, we're going to try and splice together the episode. Um, yeah. Should be fun. Should we go ahead and introduce ourselves, starting with our host, the intern, Carter? Host intern, Carter. That's me. Um, yes, I'm from uh, Nashville, Tennessee, I guess. What else do I need to say? Have you seen any good movies lately? Oh, um, or bad movies? He anything? is the Have intern. Anything worth? Gosh, I don't know. Hating on? Anything worth spoiling? Mm, nope. <laughs> As always, <Pass>. fantastic. Okay. <laughs> you should have heard what he said last night. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That'll have to do though. <laughs> Strong performance. Executive technical producer, Mikey. Uh, my name is Mikey. I'm recording from home right now. And I saw Point Break, the new the new Point Break today. And it's terrible. Please don't ever see that movie. <laughs> oh, man. Well, my name is Stevie, coming from uh, Mishawaka, Indiana. And I'm the uh, art director of this group. And uh, let's see here. I saw Anomalisa over the weekend, and um, to watch two animated people go down on each other was just absolutely terrifying. So I will leave that one at that. But it was a good movie, so what, I recommend seeing it. What is that about? <laughs> no, it was really weird. Like, So the whole movie is this guy, no matter what the person, guy or girl, sees the same v- same face and has the same voice on everybody in the world because he has depression, and he meets a woman... That has a different face and different voice. And yeah, she's the anomaly. Uh, 
and her name's Lisa, so Anomalisa. So you liked it? Yeah, uh, I it was. I don't think I was like supposed to laugh at the oral sex part. Yeah, it was supposed to be like a really deep moment. The writer of um, Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind did it, Charlie Kaufman. So it was pretty like a bleak ending, like usual, and pretty heavy. But yeah, I recommend seeing it. Just something different. Nice. And my name's uh, Pappy Malcolm. I'm recording from the Twin Cities, home of the Cohen Brothers. Um, the last movie I saw is the next movie we're going to spoil, and I already forgot everything about No Country, <laughs> but we'll wing it. Take it away, Carter. I have circled on here, didn't think a car would burn like that. I liked that line. <laughs> <laughs> I circled it three times. So Carter really, really liked that scene. That really wasn't that. Like, <laughs> Should have brought the wieners, and they're like upset about that. What car? Um, I don't know. It's near the beginning of the movie, and they're like seeing all the mayhem that Cigar, whatever his name is, is um doing by stealing those cars from people, so he could keep switching the cars. Oh, he burns when he was doing the old car switcheroo. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a uh, '77 Ford, for those who are wondering. Wow, impressive. I don't believe you. Look it up. I remember that stuff. His memory looks at his deputy and he goes, then that there's a 77 Ford, 77 Ford, I reckon. And yeah, it kind of goes from there. Uh, the line that I had circled and written down, let me find it real quick, was at the end when the, uh, what's the main bad guy's name? Anton Chigar. When he gets in that car wreck and those two little kids come up to him and the one little kid goes, uh, the one little kid says something like, oh, he goes, look at that fucking bone. Poke out. <laughs> oh, that was pretty funny. <laughs> to hear the little kids. It's always funny to hear little kids cuss. I love the friendo conversation in the, in the gas station. Yeah, I think that's probably my favorite part of the whole movie. And he laughs at the clerk for uh, marrying into the place. Yeah, he's just like disgusted by that fact. <laughs> <laughs> you married into it? Didn't build it on your own? You had to marry into it to get it? Well, if that's how you want to put it, that's how it is. <laughs> Did any of you guys read the book for this? Mm, no. What was the guy that wrote it? Was it Cormac McCarthy or Carmack McCarthy? Something like that, yeah. And they were saying it's like only the second, well, at the time it was only the second book that the Coens had adopted into a movie. Um, the first being The Odyssey for Oh Brother Art, though. Oh, that's a gotcha. Have you read it? No, no. <laughs> no, no. No, 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 no. Does um, anyone know when the book was written? Let's see. 97? I don't know. I know what it is. I'm just seeing if you guys know. I'm going to guess the book was written in... <laughs> no Country Full of Men novel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 2005? Yep, yep, there you go. Good guess. That is a quick turnaround for a movie. That's not what I would have That's when the book was written? Yeah. Yeah. That is a quick, quick turnaround. When did this movie come out? Seven? 2007? Yeah. That's just flying. So what were the other things we talked about last night? I thought it was a really, really strongly acted movie. Like... I don't think there were that many poor, like, like there was no, like, standout, like, bad actors in this movie. I thought everyone did a really good job. 
especially between like Josh Brolin, like Woody Harrelson and uh, Javier Bardem, who was absolutely terrifying when he was on screen. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I know we talked a lot about the heavyset lady at the trailer park reception desk. The ones whose jowls were just wiggling when she spoke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 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 Who's chewing gum? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Be a professional. (laughs) Are you professional or not? Don't shut me up! <laughs> no! Oh, uh, before I couldn't hear anything for the rest of the podcast last night, I said that I think this movie had the most off screen deaths of any movie I had ever seen before. Like, there's like, there had to be like 20 people that died off screen or were implied to have died off screen. Including major characters, too. Like, Mm-hmm. The main character. Yeah, that was kind of a buzzkill. Who was the uh, person that was dead in the pool? Was that the girl that he was talking to? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I like how uh, it was implied that uh, Anton Segura killed what? What? What was the wife's name? Carla Jean by uh, like walking out of the house and checking his shoes for, I would assume blood. Yeah. But that's how it was implied that he had killed her after that scene yeah because there was like scenes where he didn't even like wear shoes when he killed people mm-hmm. yeah i didn't really think about that it's a really really good point i like the scene where he was standing outside the uh pharmacy and blew up that car i thought that was pretty oh well yeah that was sweet oh yeah he was just walking so stilly yeah apparently i didn't catch this when i watched it but did you guys know those like Mexicans he shot in the hotel room were like planning on like murdering Josh Brolin's character. Oh, that was a great scene though too with the uh, when the I didn't realize they were like planning to like ambush Lou Ellen, Josh Brolin's character, like at the at the motel. Yeah, they gave him a tracker as well. Gotcha. So he was not working with the Mexicans. He was working with the one business guy, right? Yeah, the uh, guy who's um, what's his face in office space. Uh, oh, I think his name's. Uh, I think his actual name is Stephen Root. Milton in uh, Office. He also space. plays like Bill in uh, King of the Hill and uh, Gordo in Dodgeball. Yeah, exactly. He's Bill. <laughs> yeah, he's Bill. Bill Dotrieve. <laughs> so you get both sets of those guys a tracker, and then whoever could do it first yeah, I guess. that really pissed the the main guy off anton anton yeah so that's why he went back to his office and killed him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then sent woody harrelson or did okay gotcha gotcha so stevie i know you didn't like this movie at first not at first no do you want to talk about why you didn't like it and why you like it now um, I just think I was like a tad immature when I first saw it and I was like 17 um as I grew older I really appreciated like how little diet like there was a lot of dialogue, but not as much as like usually like in a Coen Brothers movie, and like how silent the movie was. Like Carter brought up last night, it was a really silent movie. It was just kind of like you were like in like alone with the character's thoughts. I'd say, and uh, also I really thought Anton Shigar uh, was a a really really cool bad guy because I really don't think I really don't think it was like actually about the money for him. I just think he took pleasure in killing people. He's kind of like a well, he's definitely a psychopath, but he's. He has such high 
like a moral standing for getting the job done or whatever. He'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. And I thought that was, that makes him like kind of like an ultimate bad guy. Like he doesn't care as long as the job gets done. And there was a lot more violence in this movie than I remember the first time watching it because I hadn't seen it in, since the last time it came, since it came out. But that whole scene at the moment. Oh boy. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> it happened to him again. <laughs> oh, <she> gone. <laughs> We suck again. <laughs> what happened? Oh no, we suck again. You're back. You're, you're back. back. Just continue. <laughs> Start over. Uh, I was saying that there was a lot more violence. No, no, no. I meant, I meant. Hey, welcome to spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying there's a lot more violence in this movie than the last time I remembered watching it. When it came out originally, because I, I think I had expected just from like the trailer that it was going to be an overly violent movie, and it didn't ended up. It didn't really end up being that. But watching it the second time, it's a pretty violent movie. What's well, a super violent main weapon too? It's like up close and personal. Like you know what I mean? He yeah. Had, Instant death. Like, yeah, he had. It's an intense gun. He had that and like sniper shots. Like the. That silent the shotgun. Silent, like, yeah, a shotgun with a silencer. Oh, they had to create that for the movie. They didn't actually have one they could buy. Um, uh, they didn't have a ca- fun fact. A cattle gun or a shotgun with a silencer? A shotgun with a silencer. They had to create one because they, they didn't exist. Carter, where'd you, where, where'd you find your fun fact? Um, IMDB.com. I don't know if you've heard of it. So internet Is that the Internet Movie Database? No, different. Oh, different, okay. I think. <laughs> Did anyone, uh, like, I know this sound, might sound crazy, but I kind of liked Anton Cigar, whatever his name was. I mean, like I was rooting for him. Yeah, like you almost end up feel like you're rooting for him in a sense. I don't know, just because it's I don't know if it's awesome or like he just he doesn't be mean to people that aren't involved in this whole ordeal. Like he's nice to like the kids, and he chooses not to kill certain people because they're really not involved in the whole ordeal. Like he still like feel like he's not a bad guy in a sense. He's pretty. Well, it's like, have you ever seen those like things on the internet where it's like lawful good or neutral evil or you know what I mean? Like those little character square things. Somebody? Okay. All right. Well, he's definitely like this lawful evil. Like he's evil, but he has this kind of like guiding principles where like the. Who is the main main guy? Sorry. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. What was his character's name? Llewellyn Moss. Yeah, Llewellyn. He's more of like chaotic good. Like he was a good guy, but he also was willing just to like steal money from a, uh, you know, crime scene. That, and he wasn't very bright about it. Yeah, and I would say like Tommy Lee Jones would just be like the pure neutral guy. He's not really good or evil. He's just kind of hanging out, and he's the one who ends up living towards the end. I really, really, I really, really liked his uh, deputy. I thought he was hilarious. Just of how dim-witted and <laughs> kind of like Tommy Lee Jones. Like had the milk guide, scene? Had, yeah, like you had to guide him through everything. I like how when they came across the uh, the Rio or the, the big shootout scene, every single person pointed out the dead dog. <laughs> like and it happened like four different times. Like, oh, a dead dog. Oh, a dead dog. <laughs> hey, that dog's dead. Michael Vick included. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. My question is... Um, like the main guy who set everything in action, that guy behind the desk who like sent Anton and the Mexicans and Woody Harrelson, like who was he? Like what? Like what? What was like? 
What was his profession in life? I would assume crooked businessman, but I don't. Yeah, I think he was just trying to make extra money. Okay. Doing some shady. That's what I was trying to figure out the whole time. Like he was just and, a, just a contract well, guy, he right? Just, he was just a contract. He was guy. a day trader. Strong arm or whatever. Wasn't he a day trader? I missed that. That's what he told Anton or or uh, Llewellyn is that he was a day trader, but that can't be true because he <laughs> probably would have murdered some people if he. That and he looked absolutely terrified when Anton was just staring him down when he was sitting in the chair. That was a pretty great scene too. When he was just pleading for his life, and you're like, "Okay, you're gonna die." Yeah, it's and Anton didn't even blink. He was just like, "Okay, bye bye." So then he answers the phone like so calmly and is just like, "Nope," and kicks up his boots while he's doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a really cool bad guy. They make a point of him uh, not trying to get his boots or his shoes fucked up. With blood, with other people's blood throughout the I mean, if you can murder movie. three Mexicans in socks, you're doing something pretty good. But he wasn't at the original Mexican gang shootout scene, right? Right. He just came upon that that like a day later or whatever? Okay. Well, think, who, who are those two guys with him? The ones that he murdered, like... Well, yeah, so if you put together that little timeline, the shootout happens. Right. What's his name? What, what's the character's name? Llewellyn. Llewellyn comes across it, steals the money comes back that night and then he, who does he meet up with it's not antoine anton is it it's who's in that truck that's the mexicans again right yeah it's got to be the mexicans yeah, yeah so so it was some other group of them who came back for the money but then he comes back with two other guys yeah who are those two other guys that he comes back with those two white guys they're probably that shady businessman's yeah associates or something he kills him that night is this all the same day yeah, it sounds like it was like within like a 24-hour period. Because then the next morning, the cop comes and is trying to put all this together. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. It happens quick. If only he had never gone back. <laughs> he could have just kept the money and done whatever he wanted. Yeah, nobody would have ever known. The tracker was still in there, though. Yeah, why wouldn't he empty that out? Because he's not smart. Yeah, there's a lot of product placement in this movie, and like one of them being when they said... Uh, uh, what's her? Sorry, I forget her name again. I'm so bad. At Carla names. Jean. Carla Jean works at Walmart. I was surprised that they said that. It's not a very Cohen thing to do to drop Walmart in your movie. At least could have said Wall Drug. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Woolsworth is that what they say in Oh Brother Where Art Thou? I think so. <laughs> Stay out of the Woolsworth. <laughs> <laughs> my, well, I was gonna say earlier, my favorite character in the whole movie was Uncle Ellis, because that's gonna be me in 20 years. Just a bunch Surrounded of cats. <laughs> I make a fresh pot of coffee every week. (laughs) (laughs) I was just, I'll bring it up. I was really pleased with the setting of this story, Um, especially because the Coen brothers didn't change it. Like being in Texas and stuff. And like, you know anything about Texas, like 80s and the 90s was like the boom of Texas. Like everything got real big. Dallas got huge. Houston got huge. And uh, also it just kind of showed like the crime wave, like the beginning of the crime wave. That eventually ended up putting Tommy Lee Jones's character. I mean, did he retire? You think that was like his last case? Yeah. Yeah, he retired at the end of the movie. Yeah. Okay. So that was like it was cool to see like that would be like his last case. Then he goes on a bizarre rant about his dreams that made no sense to me at all. About his daddy. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what his dreams were. They weren't good, if I remember. They were about his father. Yeah. Something weird, like he was out camping with his dad or something, and. Well, the first one. The first one was really quick and didn't matter. It was like he lost five bucks or something, and then his dad gave him, he was like a little kid. And then the second one was like, I think, supposed to be like analogous to the whole story. 
but I don't remember. But I didn't. What. I didn't get it. It was like him, like he was out camping with his dad or something, and he found a horn, or he his dad had like a horn, or something, and it was like they had fire in it or something, and then he walked up to his dad, and I don't know. It made no sense to me at all. And then credits were rolling. I watched it like three times, and I couldn't make any sense of it at all. <laughs> Do you guys think Anton died at the end? Or got away, at least? Oh, yeah. I think he got, he got away. away. Definitely got away. He's got that Mexican health care insurance. <laughs> he's not Mexican. He's uh, he's Spanish, right? Anton Chigar? Uh, I thought In so. real life, Javier Bardem is... Spanish. But yeah, if you notice in this movie, he's the only character who doesn't have the West Texas accent in the whole movie. Or hold the money, which is why I thought he was a representation of death. Because anyone that goes near that money usually ends up dying at his hands. Ooh, think about that one, Anya. Maybe just a ghost. Okay, this is an article by Wilson H (laughs) Six on. uh, Sounds like a pretty cool. Sounds like a real cool dude. On WordPress.com, dated April 14, 2014. Um, we'll tweet a link out to this or, or not. but We should. This is what he says. Bell relates the second dream in much more detail, as it is clearly more permanent to his current state as he finds a man who he, himself receding into obscurity of retirement and old age. He imagines that he is on horseback with his father in older times, going through a cold mountain pass at night. His father rides ahead, and Bell says he was carrying a fire and a horn the way people used to do. The fire and the horn could represent the older ways that Bell longs for, which have been snuffed out by the passage of time. He has a sense that his father is riding ahead to start a fire for him in all that is dark and cold. Bell most likely sees death looming in his future, but he trusts that his father, who is long dead, is waiting for him somewhere in the great unknown. He has come to the realization that he is living in, what's the name of the movie? No Country for Old Man. And he is contemplating his passage into eternity. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's an interesting interpretation, but I don't, if that was the point of the movie, is, is this bad guy like the catalyst that he's like, I just can't hang anymore? Is that what this guy's, uh, Wilson H6 is trying to say? That Anton is just too much for him? I guess, yeah. I mean, he clearly was because he never caught him. He never even saw him. He was close when he was at the motel and could have, I mean, he would have killed him. <laughs> yeah. Anton would have killed Tommy Lee Jones' character. That was such no. a cool scene, Where was too. he hiding? That was, yeah. Where was he hiding? Was he even then? in the same, was he in the right room? I thought he was behind the door. That's the only place I could think he'd be, but it, I couldn't see him behind the door. That brings up another funny scene, too, when, uh, uh, What's his name? Luan? Luan? Lou Ellen. Luan. My God. You are so bad at it. How many times do you got to tell How many times, <laughs> how many times do I have to go, Lou Ellen Moss? <laughs> he has a girl's name. Lou Ellen. Yeah, okay. When Lou Ellen picks out the map to find the, the room and back, and then uh, Anton looks at the same map. It's like a quick match cut of him showing it too, <laughs> to find it. But where, where was he hiding? You said behind the door. This is in a different part, right? You're talking about yeah. the end. Yeah, it's talking okay. about the end where yeah. Tommy Lee is just kind of fed up and he's tired. I think he was hiding behind the door. Yeah, Tommy Lee would have had no chance. But like you said, like uh, if Anton was in that same room, like at least he has principal didn't just he, kill him for no reason. I thought he would have killed him, even if I didn't remember that scene. But I thought 
uh, Anton would have killed him. Maybe if he walked in there. I figured they were in two different rooms because he didn't kill him. Oh, okay, that could be it too. He didn't have to kill Carla Jean. That was a completely unnecessary kill on Anton. He, fl- he flipped the coin for her and she didn't answer. Yeah, so she got wouldn't do it. Pissed. <laughs> he got pissed when he don't play his game. Well known fact. Um, in the book, she actually gets it wrong. Hmm. That's some really good filmmaking then in writing. Does she still die? Yeah, obviously. Ah, uh, okay. No, she beats him up. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been, like, really cheap if they had Carla just killing him at the end. It's like, really, Carla? Her? Wasn't there a Batman, an iteration of Batman where Two-Face, he, Batman replaces Two-Face's coin with one that like balances on the side and like two face just has a breakdown because he can't like <laughs> decide. That's what I kind of thought was gonna happen at the end of this. Like she wouldn't call and Anton just freaks out. Like he just explodes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I better kill myself yeah. now. <laughs> As I said, I'm a man yeah. of principle. You passed the test. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great alternative ending. <laughs> I feel like people would have preferred that over the ending. Some people would have. Did you guys like the ending? I did know that I rewatched it from when I was younger. The Tommy Lee or him getting away? Just like the the last third of the movie or whatever. I don't know. How it all wrapped up. Uh, I didn't. I wish I would have seen that Llewellyn shootout or dying or whatever. I thought that was kind of a lame way for him to die. It looks like he just got shot in the goddamn doorway. Yeah. Like, he didn't even, yeah. like, he, like, answered it with a beer and he was gone. But, I, like, that would have been nice to see or something just to know instead of Tommy Lee rolling up to that. But it's like, other than that. It's kind of like what Pappy brought up with Misdirection, though. Yeah, but yeah, you knew he was dead when he goes to drink a beer with that girl. Like He lets his guard down. He was thinking about not doing it, thinking about not doing it, and he gives that smile, and as soon as he had that, like, smile of, oh, I'm going to go do this, I'm like, he's dead. There's no way he comes back from this. But I thought for a second he might not be dead because they didn't really show his body in the coroner's office. I didn't know he was dead until uh, Ellie May. God. <laughs> Carla Jean. <laughs> Ellie May. Ellie May? <laughs> <laughs> Sally May. Is that, is that from To Kill a Mockingbird? I don't know. It's Scout. Just call her Princess Merida. <laughs> Princess Merida, yeah. Call, I can remember call that. Call her Egret. They'll never forget it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when Egret gets all sad, then I knew that he was actually dead, dead. But I was hoping for a second. Yeah, the ending was okay. I didn't care much for Tommy Lee's abstract speech at the end because I didn't know what the hell he's talking about. But he's a Harvard man. He's very hard to understand. <laughs> he speaks in riddles. <laughs> Carter, did you like the end? Oh, um, yeah, it was all right. I guess it like left you with a feeling of wanting to think more about the movie afterwards, I guess. Like, you're just like, well, why didn't you just, like, start asking questions about the ending because it ends such a weird way. I guess I kind of like that in a sense, but it was odd. Kind of wish it just would have ended with Anton walking down the street. Yeah, that would have been better. I think that would have been a better ending, too. Yeah, maybe, but I'm glad that Anton, I don't know, it was just different. They didn't kill him off. He didn't really win either. And, like, to me, a guy who, he calls it fate, you know what I mean? But that's ultimately his undoing, right? That car wreck. Like, a completely random yeah. 
chance. It wasn't even his fault. Someone ran a stop sign, but like fate ultimately brings him down and he used like this random chance to kill so many people and justify it. I thought that was kind of cool. Almost poetic in a way. Some sweet, sweet irony. Yeah, that was deep. So who who, who ended up with the money the Mexicans did after they killed Llewellyn? They got that money from his hotel. And then they That's ran off of like. it. So they got it out of the vents. I don't think they did because, I don't know. I thought they did because I thought Tommy Lee looked in the vent and you could see like drag marks or whatever in the dust. Uh, yep. I think uh, Anton was just trying to clean up his tracks or whatever, kill anybody who had any any dirt on him. I don't think he was after the money. After the money, after a certain point, he was he just doesn't want to get implicated in any of that. He doesn't care about the money, really. He just wants to keep doing what he's doing. Just being a badass. And terrifying. Great movie, bad guy. Just an awful haircut. Like <laughs> yeah. you, you can't come back so from that. Kind of uh, makes him less intimidating. It's like a Spanish mullet. <laughs> Was it real? Was that real hair? Yeah, it was real. That was his real stuff. He was stuff. walking around like that for like at least six months then. Poor guy. <laughs> uh, I think standard, yeah, standard shoots like three to four months. <laughs> so <bastard>. yeah. <laughs> hey, he won an Oscar for it. I mean, you got to. You're not getting laid in those six months with that kind of haircut. He, and he, got a, he got a supporting actor, yep. right? Yeah, I bet his ears didn't get sunburnt though. <laughs> that was probably nice. Oh gosh, <laughs> he looked like uh, paintings of George Washington or something like that. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> it was like colonial. <laughs> yeah, so like, hey, and it was so straight. Can you give me Just a like, where do we go please? from here? Yeah. <laughs> I'd like your John Quincy Adams, please. <laughs> Any final thoughts? Uh, Pappy won trivia last night, and he chose the uh, 1981 indie cult hit Time Bandits. And Stevie was still on the Google Hangouts, and he didn't think he was. I heard him say, time to watch this shitty movie, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I knew you could hear me. (laughs) Liar. (laughs) Yeah, I picked uh, a classic movie for me, Time Bandits. I liked it when I was a kid. I watched half of it last night, then I fell asleep, which I always did when I was a kid. So I'm interested to see if it's, if it holds up as an adult. <laughs> so I'm interested to see the end. Yeah. I've never seen the end. It's going to be terrible. Could be. <laughs> it's not even on Could Netflix. Be. Do they have it on Redbox? <laughs> uh, my name is Mikey. I'm recording from Elkhart. And... I'm the technical producer of Spoilers. Uh, my name's Stevie, uh, recording from uh, Mishawaka, Indiana, and I'm the art director of Spoilers. Carter, Tennessee, and... <laughs> His last name's Tennessee. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's me! <laughs> and... Host intern. I'm Drew. I'm not sure why we're saying where we're from again. <laughs> we already did that once. And once again, if you'd like to contact any of us, uh, you can contact us um, at uh, spoilerspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we're also on Twitter um, at uh, spoilerspdcst. 
That's uh, at spoilers PDCST. And all, as always, we'd like to thank uh, Josh Hensley for the um, amazing job he did on our theme song. He's from a band called uh, The Rutabaga, and uh, you should really check them out. They're an incredible, incredible group. No Country for Old Men. Oh, do I have to say spoilers first? <laughs>